Welcome to the Africa Rights Talk podcast, a Center for Human Rights podcast series, hosted by Victoria Amechi. Good morning, Professor. Good morning. Um, thank you for joining the African Rights Talk yes. podcast. Can you please introduce yourself and the kind of work that you do? Yes, so um, I'm Babatunde Fagbaibo. I'm a professor of law here at the University of Pretoria. Um, I teach international law. I work on critical approaches to international law, Um, also regionalism in Africa, specifically continental regionalism through the African Union. Um, Of course, I also teach, you know, I also, you know, work around issues of African politics. So my work is kind of interdisciplinary multi inter transdisciplinary yeah all right professor babatunde um, holds a llb from the university of pretoria of south africa sorry his llm and lrd degrees were obtained from the university of pretoria his doctorate thesis explored the political legal feasibility of endowing the african union with supranational competences in 2022 you released a book titled um, transcending member states political and legal dynamics of building continental supranationalism in Africa. Mm-hmm. Can you give some insights into this book? Um, so so the book is actually a culmination of um, the thesis. So, I mean, the thesis was written in 2010. The book was published in 2022, thereabout. Mm-hmm. And also culmination of the thesis itself and some of the work I do around um, <clears throat> regional integration in Africa. So I, in the book, I wanted to understand what it means in terms of the political and legal dimensions okay. of achieving continental supranationalism um, that is giving the African Union binding and assertive powers to make laws and to make regulations that are binding on member states. So hence the title transcending uh, member states, not necessarily to work um, to suppress member states, but again, to work hand in hand with member states to, to be able to achieve continental integration in Africa. And um, my argument in the book was that, um, you know, we have to look at politics and law as you pedaling a bicycle, right? And when you do that, your left and your right foot have to, you know, be in constant motion. And there's no way we can talk about law without talking about politics. Um, and there's, you know, no way we can talk about politics without talking about law. So saying what are the political issues mm-hmm. and what are the legal issues? Um, yeah, that would get us to, 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 the, to the so-called promised land. Mm-hmm. And um, so I looked at that, then also looked at how to, you know, the contextual analysis of supranationalism in the African Union, moving beyond that Eurocentric. Um, idea of supranationalism, saying uh, when we look at the African Union, have we developed ideas in assessing it as a supranational organization and saying eventually we must take into account like both the internal and external dynamics um, that would shape the attainment or the attainment of the goal of supranationalism. Can you provide an overview of the African Union reform process? Because you're talking about a reforming of the current system. And what are the goals for achieving this this goal? So so, so, um, we must understand the African Union um, because the African Union itself is a creation of a reform process, right? Mm -hmm. A very uh, kind of a comprehensive reform. So it is not surprising Mm -hmm. that 
since its creation, the African Union has been, you know, going through series of reforms, right? Some have been successful, some mm-hmm. have not been successful. Mm-hmm. But this phase, this current phase is, you know, what I would call, you know, the most consequential phase okay. of, of um, the political history of regional integration in Africa in the sense that the African Union has now agreed to a large extent mm-hmm. from using the Agenda 2063 document to now start, you know, coming up with normative documents or normative policies and reinforcing its institutions. So the idea was that if we look at Africa in the next 50 years, are we going to, would we achieve uh, a concrete or a more, you know, a robust and more powerful African Union? And in achieving that, what are the steps and the goals? And what, some of the things that have been achieved with this reform effort, for example, I mean, of course, then it started with the Kagame report mm-hmm. of 2017 okay. that looked at the African Union and essentially called it a dysfunctional organization mm-hmm. and saying there's no way we can achieve what we want with okay. an institution that has passed over 1,500 resolutions and decisions and has no way of tracking yeah. the implementation of such decisions. And institutions are dysfunctional, institutions are not talking to one another, and that we need to take our destiny, um, you know, right now and, and be able to shape our own destiny. And um, of course, the continental free trade area was um, just like the free movement protocol, yeah. where I, no, I adopted in Kigali um, in, in 2018 which, I mean, everybody is now talking about the continental free trade area, um, uh, reduce, reducing the numbers of commissioners at the African Union Commission, for example, from eight to six to save costs and to kind of reinforce, yes. rationalize um, the process. Um, and also looking at ways in which, um, you know, issues now start speaking to each other, you know, even in terms of the AU Commission speaks to the AU Assembly and all of those things. So some of those things have been done. Um, and also, of course, the protocol on regulating the relationship between African Union and regional economic communities, which for a very long time has been in the offing, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but now we now have a binding protocol. Um, and there are a series of meetings around that. So there are lots of processes and, you know, um, in terms of, of, of AU reforms. So that's, that's what we have. But right now, um, I, we have, I, there are many challenges, obviously. Okay. There are many challenges and maybe perhaps one of the key challenges is that there's this piecemeal approach to it in the mm-hmm. sense that many institutions need to be reformed, but we're not talking about them. So yeah. Pan-African Parliament, for example, yeah. It has no binding legislative like, powers. There's no way you can say you are reforming the AU mm-hmm. and making the AU important without, you know, binding a legislative um, uh, framework. Yeah. Um, the African Union Commission as well. Nobody's really talking about how do you enforce its powers to implement um, policies of the union and, and policies of the union and national policies and all of those things. So we're not. Then, of course, civil society. If you go onto the street now and ask people, do a sample. Ask people, what do they know about the EU reform? What do they know about the EU? Very few people know. Yeah. What do they know about the EU reform? So far, you'd be shocked. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. Many people don't even, many people can't even link um, consensus free trade area, right? Mm-hmm. With the dreams of the reform. So we have not done enough to popularize it. So it's still a very elitist, um, state, you know, state-centric um, mm-hmm. kind of, kind of approach. So we need to do more. There are many other things. I mean, we need to also, I mean, how are we implementing the decisions mm-hmm. of the African Court of Justice mm-hmm. and human rights, for example, 75% of his decisions are not adhered to by member mm-hmm. states. Mm-hmm. So 
I see those suggestions, basically. No, in fact, that's commission, but the court itself is binding, actually. In fact, the, the, the protocol, the statute of the African Court of Justice makes it clear that the decisions are binding on member states. But what are we, what do we, what are we saying? Political backlash. Yeah. Nobody's taking it seriously. Yeah. Um, so I mean, so those are some of the some of the issues um, that, that 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 still needs. So that's just like a kind of a an overview of it. Okay. Yeah, we can go right. into the specifics. Soon. Okay. Um, you talked about the challenges. Um, what do you think are the key opportunities within the African reform system? Oh, key opportunities. Yeah. Key opportunities. For example, is if we have an effective continental free trade area, for example. We can change the entire economy of you know the the, the economy of of, of, the, of the the continent. So think of this is the AU for example is mm -hmm. the largest regional organization in the world. Mm -hmm. Right now we are some say we are 1.3 billion people, some say we are 1.4 billion. Mm -hmm. uh, the opportunity is this: if you have a single continental free trade area, we are able to negotiate mm -hmm. as a as, as a team, and that's one of the key reform efforts as well. I forgot to mention that. Mm -hmm. Continental free trade area agreement, but nobody leaders are not taking the movement seriously. Um, they see it as very more politically sensitive than trade. That again, imagine if that becomes implemented, then you see kind of movement of people across the continent. Not only from, um, you know, I always tell people to be very careful about the instrumentalist uh, approach. And instrumentalists look at free movement. Just mm -hmm. we mustn't only look at free movement as free movement just to allow it speaks to unity. Mm -hmm. yeah, for Africans to be able to move freely yeah. within the continent. If it results in economic development, so be it. If it doesn't, then we don't need to cry about it. So those are some of the key opportunities mm -hmm. we can get from it. And then um, an opportunity also if we strengthen the African Union mm -hmm. Commission. Mm -hmm. For example, it's able to play its role as you know, as an implementer, yeah. um, or as what they call the engine yeah. of, of of the African Union. Yeah. So yeah. those are those are very important um, um, uh, ways. And of course, it could also have what you call the spillover, the kind of momentum. And once they see the the, the positives deriving from some of those um, frameworks, then they're like, okay, wow. This is quite good. We yeah. could actually support um, yeah, continental integration, mm -hmm. give it more support. Mm -hmm. If only we knew that this would, you know, would have done this, mm -hmm. you know, years back. Mm -hmm. So that's very, very important. And also the way external partners see it. Mm -hmm. So as another opportunity, so that we can negotiate with external partners, okay. you know, as a body. Mm -hmm. This whole idea of negotiating in groups does—it's never worked, yeah. um, and it will never work. Yeah. Uh, or negotiating as individuals. I mean, our states are too small for that. So mm -hmm. to be able to negotiate with our key external partners, China, the European Union, for example, mm -hmm. negotiate as equals, mm -hmm. uh, and you know, have that kind of. Um, so those are some of the opportunities that we can mm -hmm. always get from it. Yeah. I, oh, sorry. Just to mention that mm -hmm. gender equality is also very, very key. Yeah. Um, you would see that one of the initiatives of the reform now is that. You now have gender balance mm -hmm. in the commissioners yeah. at the African Union Commission. Gender balance, um, you know, you cannot have more than three, mm -hmm. yeah, uh, male. male or more than. I mean, okay. if we have more than three females, actually, I think okay. it's better. For the court. <laughs> um, yeah. Just like the African Court mm -hmm. is the most gender and um, balanced court in the world, international yeah. court in the world. So, mm -hmm. so those are some of the spin-offs as well from 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 the from the court. Okay, thank you for that.
has the African Union relationship uh, with the member states changed over over the years? How how is it like now? Um, has it changed? And that's a very difficult one to answer because you also have to look at it in the context of different member states. Uh -huh. um, do member states take it more seriously? Yeah. That's that is debatable. Do member states because if you want to judge it on the basis of our member states are now supporting the reform effort, mm -hmm. you would say that maybe member states are now seeing the benefit mm -hmm. of empowering it with, uh, you know. Mm -hmm. Think, for example, I always use this example of um, the Africa CDC um, during the COVID-19. It became, it had, you know, very commendable. Yeah, very Everybody said good things about mm -hmm. it, like with limited budget, mm -hmm. um, limited staff, to the point where it was able to, even no regional organization in the world did better than the Africa CDC with the kind of amount okay. of money that. So okay. it showed something actually that okay. if we capacitate okay. yeah. our organization, mm -hmm. and that's why the African Union now has now elevated mm -hmm. the Africa CDC mm -hmm. to an organ mm -hmm. just from a mere agency. Mm -hmm. So this is, it, it begins to, to, to show. But again, if you look at width of governance and human rights perspective, mm -hmm. it's a bleak mm -hmm. picture mm -hmm. because you are now beginning, you see more what they call them. Um, you know, drawbacks, political mm -hmm. political backlash, yeah. and also what you call, uh, you know, member states are becoming more authoritarian. Yeah. Um, more powerful in a way than the African Union. Yeah, 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 of course. Yeah. Or, yeah. Yeah. Or, or even mm. saying to the African Union, mm. like, yeah, we'll do whatever we want to do. I mean, look at the split yeah. of rules as well mm -hmm. on the continent, regardless of how the African Union, so if the African Union sanctions, and the African Union does that a lot. Yeah. So it sanctions. It um, suspends member states yeah. through, you know, member states where there have been unconstitutional change mm -hmm. of government. Yeah. But what is has been the effect, effect of that? Yeah. So the effect, again, you have to look at the effect from different perspectives. Mm -hmm. If you're looking at the economic effect of it, there's no mm -hmm. real, because yeah. there's not enough trade. Yeah, that's <laughs> the happening. The EU does not exactly. Yeah, exactly. So maybe from economic, but from a political perspective, yeah. it also speaks to what you call regime boosting. So it is very for you to be seen as a member of the african union yeah. is actually it's a very good on the global scale yeah, yeah. it gives you leverage some yeah, sort of yeah. leverage uh -huh. right so member states as well also play that kind of politics okay. so to boost their you know yeah. their, their, their regime and many of them even will go with the african union yeah. trade for example to mm -hmm. international negotiations mm -hmm. and end up only negotiating yeah. from their own you know for their national mm -hmm. interest yeah. but the thing is that they will beginning to see that but what of we also look at it from the way the African Union has become as as of changed behaviors mm -hmm. uh, of member states in terms of their approach to governance. So now member states, they might you might see member states who do not respect the, the but they will think twice mm -hmm. yeah. before doing they something this, it, yeah. because they know no, the African Union impact, will talk. Yeah. Do you get what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. uh, so these are some of the things. So 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 to answer that question, you have to look at it holistically, but. If you want to judge it on the basis of does the African Union now have more powers? No, it does not. That's the reality. It doesn't have more powers. <laughs> it has not moved to to that uh, space that we want it to move into. Okay. All right. That's good. How do you think the African Union can balance the need for greater unity within its African member states and, co and cooperation with member states' desire to maintain um, their sovereignty and their autonomy? Like, there are various ways. So that, that's a very good question. There are various ways in which you can balance that. So, for example, so I've always argued in some of, in some of, some of my works that there are ways in which 
you can be innovative and creative about increasing your powers and still balancing yeah. the power. Because the reality is that we live in a state-centric world order. Yeah. That's the reality. Yeah, Even the European reality. Union, which know. is the most, super, the, the most effective supranational organization mm -hmm. in the world, member states still flex their muscles. Yes. So how do you, for example, do that? And I'll use certain case studies, right? Think of the Pan-African Parliament. We're struggling. Member mm -hmm. states don't want to give the powers. Yeah. Oh, yeah, sovereignty, mm -hmm. legislative, you know, national legislation should make laws for our people. But there are ways in which Pan-African Parliament's powers could be increased mm -hmm. whilst balancing the right or the sovereignty mm -hmm. of, of member states. So, for example, member states that are willing and able can sign a strategic agreement with mm -hmm. the Pan-African Parliament mm -hmm. and say, listen, we will surrender certain aspects of our national sovereignty yeah. in terms of legislation that has direct yeah, impact on, on continental integration. We can surrender it to yeah. you, but we do it in a way in which nobody offends anyone. Mm -hmm. So, for example, we have, we have a law, for example, on free movement of persons, we send it to the Pan-African Parliament to look through, mm -hmm. to facilitate, to help us mm -hmm. understand, or we sit together with the Pan-African Parliament so that we create this legislation so that it is in tandem with the aspirations of the African, uh, of continental integration in Africa, then the African Pan-African Parliament says, okay, we like it, fine, then we implement it. Or for symbolic, symbolic, uh, in, you know, symbolic terms, you can send it to the Pan-African Parliament to pass the law. Yeah. Of course, you, you guys have all agreed yeah. on it. Nobody's encroaching on anybody. Yeah. You know, so these are ways, or even in terms of developing national, develop, um, national development plans. Mm -hmm. Many countries, all, almost all countries in this continent, on this continent, have what you call your national development plans. Mm -hmm. yeah. Vision 2020, mm -hmm. Nigeria yeah, had yeah. back in the day. Mm -hmm. uh, South Africa has what they call the NDP, 20, Vision mm -hmm. 2030. Mm -hmm. uh, many countries have. Mm -hmm. How about having a strategic arrangement with the African Union Commission, for example? You sit down with the African Union Commission, you create a committee. Mm -hmm. Yes, and you guys exactly. look at it. You agree on it. Mm -hmm. You say, okay, this is, ah, no, this one is not in line with content. Mm -hmm. Okay, mm -hmm. let's take it back. Let's, yeah. So that by the time it comes out, it has the footprint mm -hmm. of, of your national of your plan, yeah. even the and even the African Union. Yeah. Because if you look at the National Development Bank of South Africa, it speaks to African Union. Yeah. It speaks it literally, expressly. It says, yeah. oh, yeah, in the spirit of, you know, the African Union, Pan Africanism, or something like that, mm -hmm. or the African Union goals. It says that. Mm -hmm. So you could do all of those things. There are various ways in doing these things. Flex, what, what you would call flexibility or flexible regional integration, flexibility arrangement. So you have that. Mm -hmm. And these are things we, we, we need to, to work around. Yeah. This whole idea of thinking that all the 55 member states will just sit down mm -hmm. and agree on mm -hmm. something. <laughs> I always tell people, I said, you would. Rather expect snowfall in Lagos. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, there will be snowfall in Lagos before that happens. Mm -hmm. But again, I've, uh, some of my students corrected me, like, with climate change, it's there might be snowfall in Lagos. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Okay. Yeah, very insightful. What lessons do you think the African Union can learn from other successful um, supranational organizations? So, yeah. See, we need, uh, I think so Ali Mazui had written an article in 2008, if I'm not mistaken, mm -hmm. for... I think was it for the Daily Monitor of Uganda, mm -hmm. and he says Africa must learn to adopt and adapt. This. So, yes, in as much as we don't want to copy and paste, mm -hmm. and they get, because there are different contexts. Yeah, exactly. Europe has mm -hmm. different contexts. Yeah. Asia has different contexts. Mm -hmm. But we can look at best practices, bring it here, 
and adopt the principles, the mantra of uh, Dion, Dion Xiaoping, the, the man who is credited mm -hmm. for heralding or leading the uh, China's uh, China's economic mm -hmm. change. Uh, he became the premier in 1978. And his argument is, I don't care whether a cat is black or white, mm -hmm. as long as it catches a mouse. That's all I want. Mm -hmm. That's the matter. That's pragmatism. Mm -hmm. at, at so we need to be pragmatic mm -hmm. about our approaches. Of course, nobody. We, need, we don't need to reinvent the wheel. We know our context. We see best practices. Wow, this is important. We like how this, um, uh, for example, you adopted free movement of persons. What are the best practices? Mm -hmm. We bring it. We adopt. We adapt. Mm -hmm. You see, the problem is when you adopt without adapting. Mm -hmm. That's where the problem is. So you adapt. You adapt it to suit your context. Another example is look at the AU now as what you call part of the, and I forgot to mention that part of the uh, reform effort. In fact, one of the key planks mm -hmm. was the changing of the funding mechanisms. Okay. So saying how do we need to stop relying on external okay. funding that is adopted what you call the 0.2% tax on eligible import, right? Now, um, to, to fund the African Union. And it's been collecting monies, right? Mm -hmm. It's been collecting monies from member states. Member states will do because remember, African Union does not have a central bank. Yeah. So member states, authority, uh, central banks or reserve banks in member states transfers oh, it yeah. to the EU after every financial year. Now, do you know who has, uh, which organization has done that successfully on the continent? ECOWAS. ECOWAS has a policy called 0.5%. Mm -hmm. 0.5% on eligible contracts, which it's been doing successfully for a number of years okay. now. You see how you could, you know, what of the free movement of persons in ECOWAS and the East African community? There are lessons to learn from there. Yeah. What of the free trade area? In the, or what of the customs union in SACO, Southern African Customs Union? So essentially to show that lessons can be learned from everywhere. Mm -hmm. In fact, lessons can also be learned from national authorities. Mm -hmm. One of the things the European Union did um, when it started was to copy lessons even from national. So, for example, in terms of civil service, it's copied from the French civil service. Right? Okay. In terms of um, um, financial, uh, it's copied from the, from the German government. Right? You can look at national. It's not only regional economic communities. It is not only other international organizations. You can look at what works. Mm -hmm. Right? Even in terms of funding, mm -hmm. how do you collect funding? How do you involve civil society? Which ECOWAS, I mean, relative, does relatively well. I'm mm -hmm. not saying it's perfect. Civil society involvement in, in regional integration process, that could also be coming from ECOWAS. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So those are mm -hmm. um, very, yeah, yeah. lessons to, 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 yeah. to, 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 to learn from. Okay. All right. Um, in what ways might the African Union's success, if ever, is successful in achieving supranationalism, affect the standing in the global um, community and its ability to advocate for African interests on an international stage? Oh, serious, 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 mm -hmm. um, serious impact. You see, uh, one of the key ways to move Africa from the periphery of global development to the core is to have a strong African Union. Exactly. Mm -hmm. So what it will do is that uh, people will be, t will be taken more seriously. Yerege had said uh, a couple of years, a few years before he died, in a speech he had delivered in Ghana, had said, uh, cooperation, he says regional integration will not make 
Africa rich. It does not necessarily make Africa rich, but it will make United it will again. stop. No, it will stop mm-hmm. Africa from being disrespected. Yeah, I mean, when there's unity within a certain yes. region, it's very hard to to um to like disrespect to disrespect exactly, but undermine exactly undermine to So so yeah, we need, we need to look at that and say mm-hmm. to ourselves like this is important. It is important. Yeah. So why are we mm-hmm. looking at AU? In the context of, for example, common approach, yeah. common, common, uh, uh, well, okay, common negotiating, okay, right. you know, common approach to okay. to, to, to negotiations okay. uh, at the international forum, because yeah. we understand mm-hmm. that there's strength in numbers. Numbers, yeah. But if we do that, if we bring the African Union, if we put the African Union at the core, mm-hmm. right, it will, it's definitely be more stronger than just an individual country going there to negotiate. Okay. So you know that, and also if we, I mean, of course, because it also have positive effects. On, on our economies, mm-hmm. so it enhances our economies, mm-hmm. right? Um, it also, you know, in terms of, from an economic perspective, also structural kind of configuration, structural changes to mm-hmm. our economies, mm-hmm. so that our people are not, we, 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 we kind of elevate the masses of our people from, from, um, from, 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 from poverty mm-hmm. and all of those things. Mm-hmm. So um, I, I was asked, um, a couple of weeks ago to speak about, you know, China, African Union cooperation. And I was, you know, and one of the things I said, um, it was not even at a public platform. I was having a private conversation. One of the things that attracts China, in fact, when the EU deals with China, mm-hmm. one of the very attractive things mm-hmm. is the fact that China has been able to lead to almost 100 million people out of poverty. poverty. Yeah. Wow. Right in two generations, yeah. wow. somewhere around seventy million people out of poverty in two generations, forty years. Yes. Yeah. Um, and um, I use the Yoruba proverb that says, uh, "If anyone says they want to make you a nice fabric, mm-hmm. you first look at what they are wearing." Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly. yeah. Because anyone wearing a rag cannot, cannot make, you. make you a nice. So I'm saying that is why when mm-hmm. China is dealing with the African yeah, Union. They know. Yeah, they, you know. No, you, they you can get the, yeah, yeah. Exactly. You know yeah. what I mean? Um, this is not in any way to say that China is perfect, you know, or, you know, I'm not holding a brief for, 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 for mm-hmm. any external pattern, mm-hmm. but I'm just saying mm-hmm. that these are some of the things that we see. If we leave the masses of our people, mm-hmm. we improve our politics as well. Mm-hmm. We improve governance. Yeah. We improve all of those things. And that will have positive effect on the way we are saying and it's very important. It also it also has serious ramifications on our mindset. Yeah. So we need a, a strategic worldview. And what is a worldview? A worldview is not. It's about how you see yourself here and how others see you. Right? You need to first sort out the way you see yourself because the way you see yourself is the ability, is the way in which you are going to present yourself to the world. Right? So if we are able to mm-hmm. kind of craft a positive. Yeah strategic okay. worldview, yeah. right? Yeah. Uh, involving in the world. We, mm-hmm. Before we involve ourselves in the world, we need to understand ourselves. We are able to, to you know, so those are very important mm-hmm. things. Those are things that could actually have um, positive ramifications for, for development. Okay. Thank you. Uh, this was very uh, insightful and informing. Mm-hmm. What are your concluding remarks on this process and the future of it? I, so, so, so my, my concluding remarks are that, you see, we have no other choice, mm-hmm. you see, um, to use Nkuma as a, a, a famous dictum, uh, is that we unite or perish, yeah. right? So 
the earlier, in fact, where was when is the best time to unite? It should have started yesterday, right? Mm -hmm. uh, but now we have no choice. We continue, right? We continue with what we, we need. We need. It is imperative. Mm -hmm. It is very imperative, imperative yeah. that we unite. We see the world beyond a defeatist mentality. Um, and part of the reason why we are making several missteps is because uh, we also don't have political elites yeah. at the national yeah. level mm -hmm. who have a very, a very, you know, a very informed worldview in terms of understanding the linkages mm -hmm. between regionalism and national interest and regionalism. They don't see the linkages. It's uh, what uh, Udon Bana had said a couple of years ago, saying African leaders are like, uh, they're like a child in a toy shop. Mm -hmm. You know, they, there's no strategic approach to things. Mm -hmm. uh, so we need to see that linkage, right? Very, very important that we see those linkages. Um, and to understand that we have no other continent but this one. Yeah. So we had better make it work. Yeah. So, mm -hmm. you know, it's one thing for us to say we are the richest continent, we have all the resources, mm -hmm. but, but the next thing is that, sure. why is it not? You know, mm -hmm. why don't we, you know, yeah. have, yes. Or why, we, why don't we get this respect? Yes, that we have. Yeah. And to also, mm -hmm. also be able to link mm -hmm. funding. So in our relations with, um, our relationship with external partners, mm -hmm. to understand that um, to again use Thomas Sankara's uh, it was like he who feeds you controls you to understand that we need to limit and almost eliminate funding extra yeah. funding yeah. we need to be able to self-finance regional integration stop outsourcing pan-africanism yeah. fund yourself take this very very uh, because those who fund you will definitely, definitely control, you. control you they will yeah. definitely even if it's overt there will be covert controls so I think that's important that we take um, take into account. Yeah, and of course to also include young people mm -hmm. to also see regional integration in a very multi-dimensional way. Respect yeah. people, respect shades of opinions, respect young people, respect women, respect mm -hmm. LGBTI communities. Mm -hmm. Just kind of respect for everybody yeah. and understand that we cannot move forward if we are creating pockets of. You know, no, discrimination please, and yeah, violence yeah. Uh, for for for, for vulnerable yeah, groups. Yeah. It's very fundamental mm -hmm. that we do that. Mm -hmm. yeah. So I think, um, yeah. So that's 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 uh, my my concluding. Uh, I mean, I could talk about but, this for for days. Yeah, but, uh, it's a passion for that such yeah. topics. Yes, yes. Um, thank you for coming on the podcast. Thank you very I much. Hope in the future we have you. Yes, I'm, uh, I, I'm, uh, I'm a fan of the podcast. Mm -hmm. I, I was telling you earlier mm. that I, I listened to the very very mm -hmm. first. Um, and the first day, um, yeah, mm -hmm. for your uh, first uh, podcast, and um, I really enjoyed it mm -hmm. and. Um, yeah, I I would do so practically um, anything yeah. to always support right. support the podcast. Thank you so much. Thank yeah. you. Thank you. Just listen to Africa Rights Talk podcast. I hope you have enjoyed this episode.